Welcome to another episode of Search News with me, Olaf Kopp, and me, Dr. Marie Haynes. Thanks, Olaf, for joining me. I'm so excited to have this chat with you today. Yeah, so, great to be here. I'm a bit excited. It's a bit, it's the first uh, English podcast for me. Yeah, so you were saying, for those who are listening, Olaf is in Germany, right? Yeah, Germany and part-time Portugal. I, I live in both, both countries. Excellent. And uh, I know you were concerned that perhaps your English might not be good enough to, uh, to do this, but we've been chatting for a bit and I, I don't think you're going to have a problem at all. I don't have a really benchmark in the, in the business context. I have to speak in, in Portugal all the time, English, but in the, in the business context, it's, it is not my, I, I'm out of practice, I would say. <laughs> I'm, I'm super impressed by anybody who can speak more than one language. I always tell the story about uh, my, my German. This is a bit of an embarrassing story. Um, a friend of mine in university, we went to Oktoberfest and uh, this big, big party. And I asked her to teach me a German phrase that I could like say to people at the party. <laughs> and uh, I thought I was saying some nice greeting. Now I'm going to mess it up completely. But the phrase was, Willst du mich mir schleppen? No. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's with a, a horrible, it basically it's a, means. It's, it's an offer, you know? Yeah. You know what it means in English, yeah? Well, now I do, but my friend <laughs> didn't tell me that. So uh, no worries. I think it was payback. I did something similar to her before then. <laughs> so uh, anyways, thank you for joining me. Um, why don't we start off by, uh, if you can share a little bit about yourself uh, and what kind of work you do in terms of SEO. Yeah, um, I'm a I'm a co-founder or a co-founder and CBDO, Chief Business Development Officer and Head of SEO at the online German online marketing agency Aufgesang. It's a German word, Aufgesang. It means sing up or something like okay. that. Uh, yeah. Perhaps. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm publishing content since uh, 2009 about SEO and content marketing in my blog. In my, in my German blog, I, I begin to translate some uh, articles from the last years in English on my, on my other consulting website. Um, I, I think you have read something from the, from the last post. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, I'm very interested in semantic search and EAT like you too. And uh, in this context, I... I I read something uh, last year about you and, and because uh, Google mentioned you according to EAT and then I, have, uh, I was very interested. And um, there, there back, back in the day about uh, 2013 when Hummingbird was, was, was launched, there were, were little information about semantic search. And then later when EAT comes on the map, there was also very little information. And uh, I begin uh, inspired by Bill Slavsky, a great mind in our, in our community, in our, in our industry. And he inspired me to read uh, Google patterns and research paper to, to there were a lot of, 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 of pieces of a puzzle around these topics, EAT and semantic search, but uh, without giving uh, uh, the whole picture, the big picture. And so I began uh, 2017 to uh, read aloud a lot of, um, of Google patterns and research paper to get the whole, the, the big picture around the whole EAT and semantic search topic. And, and um, so I've read about 100 uh, patterns and research papers uh, until today. And it felt a bit like a researcher or pioneer because they are so, so Google do, don't give really much information about these topics. You, I think you will agree and you have to search for it and, 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 and search for it, dig very deep. I think there is a lot of discussion about the rabbit hole. I read, uh, we entered all the rabbit hole and uh, go uh, deeper every day, every hour. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is fun. And, and I'm very happy to meet people outside of Germany that have the same passion for these topics. Uh, because in Germany, there are not so many uh, people in the industry who are interested in, the, in this topic. They are more focusing on, on, on uh, Core Web Vitals and page speed optimizing and, and such technical stuff. And I think the, the really 
big topics are REAT, semantic search, and and su such things and content, of course, yeah. I agree, yeah, and it was it's it's interesting that it was 2017 that you started uh, studying this because that's when I first started first of all uh, realizing that this this concept of EAT that I first came across in the quality raters guidelines. Uh, actually does make sense in, in Google's algorithms. And I had a site come to me uh, with some type of a traffic drop and then they had another site that they ran. And I had just uh, put something in their report saying this idea of EAT that perhaps we should consider that. Um, and yeah. this other site was a medical site that very clearly had a big drop. I, re I don't know if you remember the date of um, February 7th, 2017 was in my mind, that was a very big EAT related update. It was yeah, a yeah. an announced update, but, uh, but that's when uh, I really started to pay attention to this. Um, before we get too far into our conversation, I do have a sponsor <laughs> that I need, to, I need to read out. Uh, when you live and breathe SEO, creating content is half the battle. There's always a trade-off between quality and volume and finding good writers can be a major headache. Contentfly makes it easy to request content with writers, connect with writers, without compromising on quality. Simply sign up, fill out your goals, submit your brief, and they'll take care of the rest. Contentfly's custom matching process ensures you find the perfect writers for your content goals. They even include free revisions and rewrites, plagiarism checks, and a 30-day 4,000-word money-back guarantee. Uh, so you can get started by visiting contentfly.com slash search news. And there's a special offer there for a free trial for search news. You can use listeners uh, and readers if you're a, a reader of um, our newsletter as well. All right. So let's get back to EAT here. Um, <laughs> so you first started studying patents on EAT, uh, you said in 2017? Yeah. Is that right? Uh uh, but but at first, by, by first, I heard of it before. So before. right, okay, yeah. okay. Were you familiar with the quality raters guidelines at that time? Or yeah, I, yeah, I think I was the first in Germany who who get, summarized it uh, and published something about it. In uh, yeah, it it was exactly. I recognized the first time I recognized the quality rater guidelines was in 2012. I think there was a leaked version there, and um. Yeah, that was the first time I, I recognized the quality radar guide. I remember that. I'm laughing because uh, I bought the domain name. I think it was leaked quality radar guidelines and, uh, <laughs> okay. and published it and published it to Ooh. try to get some links <laughs> for that. Uh, and then uh, a, a few people published it and Google um, asked us to take it down back then. The QRG was sort of like this hidden secret. And there's been all sorts of uh, argument and debate in the SEO community about how much weight should we put in the, the QRG, um, because they're clearly not like a blueprint for Google's entire algorithm. Um, yeah. And we've talked about quality raters a lot in podcasts, but just for anybody who's new to this idea of expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness, um, the QRG describes to the quality raters, which uh, work alongside kind of their information goes back to Google engineers, right? Um, and it describes how would you identify, uh, you know, whether uh, an individual has expertise, whether an, uh, a website is seen as authoritative, um, and they give very practical steps. Uh, I, so we've sort of made this process uh, of evaluating websites based on how a quality rater would do it. Uh, and it was very exciting to see, I, I think you're the first, uh, maybe, that I've seen that's actually published Oh, that's not true. I mean, Bill Slosky has published, uh, you know, patents on mm. EAT, and there are other people who have talked about it, uh, but there's not a lot who have um, uh, published a lot of material. And I, so I was amazed. I think it was just a couple months ago when I found all your stuff, and mm. uh, and I guess because uh, I don't know German other than that one <laughs> unfortunate phrase, uh, that uh, I I didn't get to read it. Um, so now I'm kind of in this backlog of reading. So thank you for translating uh, everything to, to English. Um, you're helping a lot of people in that because as I read it uh, and try to understand it, I'm, I'm sharing that on Twitter and, and uh, uh, explaining what I uh, have learned about the subject. Um, do you think that EAT matters for every site on the internet? What do you think? Yeah. First, before um, I, I have to add something for your question, because um, I saw it was a blast. The EAT 
announcement in the quality radar guidelines from 2014 in version uh, 5.0, I think. Um, it was a blast because I recognized something like a brand factor factor or some factor on a domain level before Google announced EAT. And so I get into digital branding uh, around 2013, I think. And then 2014, EAT was announced and it was a match because there was a brand. I recognized something like a brand factor because I recognized low quality content rank for specific keywords in my own projects and i i and there was that was key that were keywords that belongs to a specific topic cluster mm. and the content was not good it wasn't it was not high quality content despite it was ranking on top positions mm. and so there must be a domain level factor like EAT, perhaps uh, that that um, boost these these uh, the rankings for the keywords, in sp uh, despite of the low quality content. That I would like to add and on on this topic. So, why do you think that? Are you saying that those pages had EAT, but didn't yeah, the domain, the domain. I think the, the domain, domain, my domain, my project domain, my my own agency domain got. I think a lot of uh, EAT because I got uh, authority links on it but and i recognize uh, several keywords of a specific cluster topic cluster lift up but i don't change the optimize the content mm -hmm. there must be something different that lifts this keyword cluster up to this topic and was that did that happen during a core update or was it outside of no uh, it was in in 2013 i think there were not so many uh, updates communicated by Google, I think. I don't remember that's exactly. I, yeah, That's interesting, though, because 2013, I believe, was when uh, Glenn Gabe first started talking about these phantom updates. I don't know if you ah, recall okay. uh, that. And uh, and those were confirmed later on by Google. To They said, well, really, you should call them quality updates. Yeah. And in the quality raters guidelines, initially, uh, a lot of the places where they had written EAT they they replaced that with page quality. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what year it was. Uh, yeah. I know Jennifer Slag wrote about a, a very big article about yeah um, how EAT was because for a lot of people EAT seems to be just author bios. You know, we'll yeah. get authors in a minute, but there's so much more uh, yeah. about how yeah. EAT evaluates yeah. Um, yeah. quality. I don't know if evaluates quality is the right word. You have thoughts on that about? Uh, I feel like I'm I'm kind of uh, stumbling on words here a bit, but EAT and page quality, I mm. think are connected to um, Google understanding the entities uh, on the page, understanding, yes, this page has information that's related to this topic. That's uh, the, uh, the, the, the content is related to the entity for the, to the author or to the publisher. Yes. Or the, yeah. or the, or the, or the domain as a digital representation of the entity. Mm-hmm. So. Mm -hmm. So, which is probably a good place to uh, start talking a little bit about semantic SEO. Yeah. Um, can you describe what, uh, how you would define semantic SEO? Semantic SEO, yeah. Semantic, first I have to explain semantic search, I think. Uh, then I can explain <laughs> semantic yeah, SEO. Semantic search is probably uh, better. Semantic, yeah. <laughs> semantic search is... Um, Google would like to understand the meaning of uh, search queries and content and not only the, the strings. They want to, to understand the concepts behind it. Um, till Hummingbird, there's, there was only a text uh, or a string document matching or, or a string or a keyword text matching uh, before. And, and when the keyword don't um, was uh, recognized it's not recognized in the search query you you uh, the search query before 2013 the search query must uh, must ah must contain the keyword okay yes to, so to identify to to identify the 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 relevant documents for it and nowadays uh, in the search query must be not contained the keyword Yes. So before, to, 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 the, if the keyword was in the query, 
yeah. uh, those algorithms yeah. could say, oh, well, here's content that also contains that. Yeah, yeah, or exactly, word. exactly. That, that right. I would like to say. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and, now, and, meaning, and now, now it's more about meaning. Not in every, I think both systems runs parallel at the moment. You've got also uh, key, keyword uh, rankings that are, are served um, uh, over keyword document matching, mm -hmm. but also on the entity, and I, I would call it entity document matching perhaps, yeah? Mm -hmm. And or the sem more semantic way. And uh, that's a big shift in, 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 in search in the last 10 years, I think. And we will see more and more entity SERPs that are created uh, based on the entity matching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So entities are kind of a, they feel like a bit of a buzzword right now. Yeah. Uh, and and I, <laughs> I feel, I, I'm wondering if I perhaps overused or misused the word entity sometimes. Um, we, I talk a lot about Google's natural language processing tool. I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with that. You've used that lots, right? Where you can you can put text into the tool and it'll extract. I have been saying it'll extract entities uh, from the text and it gives you a list and says, well, this entity is mentioned in Wikipedia. Uh, this, per, this is a person. This is a, a, a consumer good or something like that. Um, and some people have been pointing out to me that a lot of what's returned there are just keywords, not particularly entities mm -hmm. uh, does that make sense can you maybe uh, steer me on the right path there yeah but key keywords are only strings entities have a meaning mm -hmm. that's a, the entities are concepts uh, always got a concept behind it an entity got a meaning and um, an entity is clearly to to be identified uh, there are anti there are keywords that are that are, uh, are ambig ambiguous is a word i think yeah ambiguous mm -hmm. what, what do you what do you pronounce ambiguous. it yes yeah ambiguous some keywords yeah. are ambiguous like um a jag jag jaguar it is a it is yeah. an english word jaguar jaguar, yeah. jaguar it is an uh, automobile mm -hmm. it is an uh, animal mm -hmm. It is a, a tank, I think. Okay. Military, military tank, and there are. It's always the same keyword, but three entities. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and the meaning of the of the keyword jaguar, jaguar has different meanings. Yes. Okay. And 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 over entities, you can um, segment over the, these keyword, over the meanings in, in three different meanings or perhaps more. That makes sense. So, and, and, and that, so that's one, one use case for, for uh, that make uh, semantic search uh, sensible. Mm -hmm. So one real obvious, uh, or to me, obvious uh, use for semantic search or how uh, Google uses it is in identifying um, the, uh, identifying people as ent entities, ent identifying brands uh, to say, well, all right, search engine land, for example, is an entity that is associated with SEO. It's authoritative yeah. for SEO. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that makes sense, right? That's uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, good, exactly. Good. Now, okay, so say that if Google is doing this, if they're identifying that maybe I'm an entity, you're an entity, search engine land is an entity, um, how are those entities stored by Google? Are they uh, I mean, I think I'm kind of hinting at the knowledge graph, um, but I have questions about like, what is this knowledge graph? Is it like on a server somewhere in a, uh, in a, you know, in a, in a Google, a room of computers or what is it? Do you know? I, I think I will, I will share a slide now to, okay. to explain it. You see this one here, you see it? Yeah, I do. Yes. Okay. Here, here again. For for the people who listen to us only on the on the uh, on Spotify, you can't see something. I, I try to explain to okay. you what we are seeing at the moment. Or you go to YouTube and watch the video. Um, we got here two entities. It is uh, Taylor Swift, the the singer and and actress, and Joe Alvin. Uh, he's a partner of Taylor Swift. I don't know. I'm not a very uh, good, big pop music fan, but I think it is correct. <laughs> I think and you for my uh, lack of knowledge on Taylor Swift, so we're, we're <laughs> <up> here. <laughs> we have uh, and these uh, two entities, these two two main entities, I would call here. 
um, have relations with other entities. Perhaps uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Swift is available at Spotify uh, with her music. Uh, Ta Taylor Swift, uh, the Andrea Swift is the mother of Taylor Swift. Um, uh, Taylor Swift was actress in The Giver, just a film, I don't know. And we have attributes um, around these entities. It could be, um, and, and, and the attributes um, in, are, are, are always displayed as, or you can imagine attributes as, as value, value pairs. Either you got all you got, you got a, got a type of attribute and you got a value for it. I've heard for, perhaps hate, because but perhaps gender, gender is the is the type of the attribute, and female is a value. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So all of these and, attributes are stored uh, in yeah. connection to each entity. Yeah, and okay. not only the attributes. I think uh, Google organize also all documents related to the entity around the entity. Okay. Okay. That is my that is speculation. That is speculation. I don't know if there's any any patent or or um, Google information about it. I don't know. Yeah. That's speculation. I would say. Okay. And I think Google and um, Google organize also digital. I call it digital representations of this entity in form of social profiles speaker profiles, author profiles, Wikipedia articles, also around the entities. Which and so- oh, Go ahead, yes, sorry. Yes, and so, so there, 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 there is in there are, is growing a big entity index with all the infos Google can crawl and, and collect around these entities. And right. so there's there's then the bridge there. Google can can put also a, a, an evaluation according to EAT on these entities. Yes. Yes, which is what I was going to say is that this like fits so well with EAT um, that uh, yeah. that Google would understand each entity and would uh, if they look at the presence of that person, that brand, um, uh, that company, whatever uh, across the web. Uh, and connect everything, it's very easy to determine um, authenticity. I often look at EAT as a, a measure of authenticity, that um, a, a business actually is legitimate and exists and other people talk about it and other experts talk about it. Uh, and, and so that makes sense with uh, what you're describing that every entity um, in the knowledge graph has all these, these connections. I was reading that the knowledge graph has there's known entities that are in there, right? Like there's- Yeah, a, a known entities, exactly. And there must be a place where Google is collecting the long tail entities, I would call it. Yes. And uh, we, we don't see it over the Knowledge Graph API. We, we yes. don't see it in the Knowledge Graph. I think there is something, some kind of storage, kind, some kind of knowledge repository where Google are, is collecting um, all other entities that are not so much known. They want to collect all informations about the knowledge of the world. They say it uh, in the MAM presentation. They also say, say it because all, all innovations we saw in the last 10 years are pieces of the puzzle to the journey to the semantic, uh, fully semantic search engine. Mm -hmm. EAT, RankBrain, MAM, BERT, uh, they are all pieces of a puzzle for the, this semantic search engine they want to build. Mm -hmm. And um, this was this, I, I said it before, at the beginning, I, when I dig in the, when I begin to, to jump in the rabbit hole, it was a lot of puzzle, pieces of a puzzle. And I, I researched so much information and the puzzle becomes the whole, the big picture uh, then. Yeah. And BERT and, and the announcement of natural language processing with BERT into Google search was the, the point when the big picture, 
become reality for me. Uh, now, then from this point, I got the big, big picture that uh, when I saw the explanation of uh, when I when 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 I uh, jumped into this whole topic of natural language processing, I saw again the word entity, and the entity uh, is the is the how could I say it? Um, the entity is in every context, EAT, rank brain, mom, bird, always the entity is an, an, an important uh, piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that makes the whole picture then. Because entity, uh, the, 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 the entity is in, an, an entity is a technical term of, of the semantic of the of the and entity is the is the is is, is the important element of the semantic uh, semantic topic and you can and and all all in these innovations we saw in the last years always the entity plays a, an important role so this is the that's that gets the puzzle together the puzzle the pieces of the puzzle together to to get the big the big picture yeah. Yeah. I think you you had the same kind of like brain explosion that I had where uh, yeah yeah all, oh, exactly it was exactly all very interesting like and then a... one day it just sort of all came together and uh, uh, yeah yeah and I, exactly oh my gosh this is what's happening like <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so I have a couple of questions to to go from there let's talk about yesterday I tweeted a question uh, and yeah. I got a very very good discussion um, and the question was uh, I do not have a knowledge panel. My company does. Yeah. If you search for my name, mm -hmm. you'll see uh, Marie Haynes Consulting um, on the right-hand side. Uh, and, and so a lot of the questions, a lot of the answers to that tweet were really good explaining to me, how do I get a knowledge panel? Uh, and I'm, we will be doing that. We, there's only so much that I can do in a, <laughs> in a day yeah. and my team's uh, doing a lot of work too. But, um, but really what I was trying to get at is if I don't have a knowledge panel, and also if I use one of the tools uh, to query the Knowledge Graph API, so the one that I often use is Carl Hendy has a, you can go to, I think it's just carlhendy.com uh, and he's mm. got a Knowledge Graph tool. Uh, if I um, put my name into the Knowledge Graph tool, there are other Marie Haynes that, um, yeah. but, but I don't surface. So mm. that bothered me, not for, um, uh, not, because of pride and of not being recognized or anything, but more because it doesn't quite fit with my theory of EAT. Uh, because if Google is, is um, using entities and the connections between them uh, to understand whether this person has expertise, like I, I would say that Google probably has connections between me and the topic of EAT or yeah. me and the topic of SEO. Um, yeah. That's my thought of how EAT yeah. is kind of meta, how EAT, my EAT on EAT is formed. Um, but if I'm not in the knowledge graph, that doesn't make sense. So I have a couple of theories uh, as to why, but I wondered, you said you had some thoughts on that. So what do you think? Yeah, I will show, uh, share with, uh, a picture or graphic again. Okay. You can see it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I talked about uh, a, a knowledge repository um some minutes ago i think these knowledge repository where google uh, is is collecting the the long tail entities and the infos uh, around these uh, the long tail entities is the is the uh, perhaps the knowledge world or perhaps the knowledge world 2. 2.0 the knowledge world were, was introduced from Google in 2013, I think, the knowledge uh, world. For, 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 for collecting um, uh, information about long-tail entities, so they called it in the, in the presentation, uh, out of unstructured content. Yes. Yeah, and there comes natural language processing in the game because over natural language processing, Google is, um, or natural language processing enable Google to um, to get entity informations out of unstructured data, unstructured unstructured content. And um, in the world, there's 
much, much more unstructured data than a structured data or semi-structured data like Wikipedia. And there, so over the over knowledge over knowledge natural language processing, uh, Google can collect, uh, extract, identify entities, extract them, and extract also information and about relationships and attributes and and so on uh, around the entities. And somewhere Google must collect these informations. And I think it is a kind of knowledge vault. Perhaps do, do Google call, don't call this, this, this storage uh, knowledge vault. Perhaps that's, it has an intern other name, but the pr principle of the knowledge vault, I think, is the same. And I think um, when in the knowledge vault, there are a lot of more information as, uh, as in the knowledge graph, but not validated. Gotcha. The, okay. the information are not validated and and they need more info, more provement, more proof to validate the data around the entities and the entities. And when they are sure that the, the informations are true, then they could transfer it to the knowledge graph. That's my theory on it. That does, that, that actually kind of makes sense. I know Jason Barnard was talking uh about he's got a really good resource on creating an author entity hub uh, and yeah. he said that um, in his experience if you have a wikipedia page you need about 20 uh corroborating sources you need about 20 sources that confirm the information ah uh, interesting true. yeah and if you okay. don't have a wikipedia page in his okay. experience you need about 30 um of you know authoritative sources uh, that are backing up the information that you put in your author hub. Uh, I have to do more uh, research on that, but um, I think that's kind of what you're saying is that there has to be, in order for something to be in the knowledge graph, uh, Google has to be very confident that it's a fact. Yeah, it's yeah, a fact. yeah. Because 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 the knowledge graph, uh, the knowledge panel, uh, gets so much uh, place in the SERPs. So the information must be correct. I got another information. Um, I heard of it where you need for we do do Wikipedia PR for our clients in Germany. Uh, we know the the rules of Wikipedia to go to get a Wikipedia article. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard of it also that you need, for example, three books. Okay. Then you oh, will get an author author page or an author article in Wikipedia, or you are you you you. Yeah. You, you are able to it to get it well, I, I gotta get me a wikipedia page i <laughs> I, I feel like, like it's been one of the things that's been on our list for forever to uh to do is to try to build out our own uh yeah. entity presence across the web um but i mean wikipedia is one source but again yeah. for eat to work it, it can't just be only for companies that are big enough to be or individuals no. big enough to be in in wikipedia no. Um, you know, because they're, Google wants to verify the authenticity of, of most information, I think, uh, yeah. on the web. Um, this idea of the knowledge vault is very, very exciting to me. Now, what my team often says when we have this discussion is just how horrendously expensive uh, this would be to, to take like that much information. If yeah. saying, I mean, on a, yeah. say on my homepage, there's certain parts of structured data, right? That uh, you can mark up with schema to say, well, here, uh, we, we haven't. <laughs> We're, again, it's uh, one of those things that's on our, um, on our, our list. We recommend it to so many and, uh, and uh, cobbler's kids, we have to work on our own site. I can add up, um, I can add schema and say, uh, yes, this is a person. This is our address. That's a mm -hmm. verifiable fact, um, things like that. But if Google was going to take extract every possible entity from the, our content, every piece of content on just my site alone, that would be a huge amount of, of data, right? Mm. And there are, I don't know how many trillions of sites on the, on the web. So that's kind of crazy that, uh, you know, to think that maybe one day there will be a vault or maybe it exists of all of the entity information yeah. that's in the world. Perhaps, perhaps I can, can add something because it makes the graphic complete, we will see here. And um, structured data is very important for Google to train the machine learning algos according to natural language processing. Okay. So 
so there so that's the motivation of Google to motivate website uh, um, owners to put structured data on their websites because they can learn their machine learning algos with this data, with this structured data. But I think Google, in the future, Google don't want to use it anymore because they only use it for the, for at the moment because they need more data to, to learn the machine learning algos to, to get better, better uh, language models mm -hmm. for the natural language processing to better extract entities, identify entities and, and get more valid informations about entities. I think that's the, 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 um, the main cause for, for structured data in the yeah. eyes of Google. That makes sense. And that's probably what the authorship program was, um, I yeah. would think. I mean, for yeah. anybody who's not yeah. familiar, years ago, uh, Google gave us this thing where we could implement, uh, it was basically a link scheme for Google Plus, I think. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We uh, uh, would link to Google Plus and say, yes, this Marie Haynes is the same Marie Haynes that's on Google Plus. Exactly. Return, exactly. Uh, when somebody, um, when one of my articles was in the search results, you would see my picture uh, next to it. Um, and so SEOs did that because we're all uh, very proud of ourselves and probably very vain and like to see our pictures. Um, but I think that was uh, Google used those for machine learning. And uh, that's my thought. Yeah, would you, would yeah, you... yeah, exactly. And the and the uh, the authorship, uh, the real authorship thing, uh, according to Google Plus, a social graph and 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 is is very could be very useful to to feed in a knowledge graph with informations. It was as as, as you said, and um, you see uh, greetings to Jason Banar. He, he talks a lot of a lot of about Zerp uh, brands. When you look at, at the Zerp brands or the brand Zerps, brand Zerps, he, he called it. Uh, when you look at the brand Zerps, you see a lot of social profiles ranking in the top top 10, top 20 search results when you search for a person, for example. So you see that these social profiles are interesting for Google to get more information about the entity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Only so the social, like only the profiles. I, I don't want to say that that social media signals are ranking yeah. factor. Don't yeah. misunderstand me because yeah. that's yeah. that's not true. But uh, the, the social profiles of the entities uh, if it is a if it is a person um, uh, from the entity type person, then uh, the the social media profiles are, could be interesting for Google to get informations around the entity. That that does make sense too. I haven't looked into that too much, but it kind of makes sense because if I'm, uh, you know, if Google can recognize that, oh yes, I have a Facebook profile, I have a Twitter uh, profile, I have LinkedIn, and I have you know I have a following uh, that, that might speak to. Um, to me as an authority, as an entity, perhaps, uh, or maybe it just validates uh, that it's the same Marie Haynes. Uh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, it perhaps, uh, perhaps I'm taking it too far. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of a knowledge vault. Um, because to me, you wrote an article, uh, I can't remember if it was in Search Engine Land or where, but I've been referencing it about mum uh, coming up. Yeah. And how this is potentially the the step into Google being almost maybe completely fully a semantic search engine. Uh, and I think the knowledge vault fits yeah. into that because because mum can extract drastically more entities uh, from from content, which I think yeah. is needed to, uh, uh, to to become a semantic search engine. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we can do it, yeah. So what, what do you think? Uh, am I, do you think that mum is going to be taking in? I mean, we know mum can take entities from uh, images, uh, can extract entities. In Google's search on uh, uh, presentation, they talked about how uh, mum could look at an entire video and summarize it and say, oh, this is the life of a penguin, uh, even though um, that those words weren't in the, uh, uh, in the video. 
Um, and when I heard that, I felt like, all right, this is this is where we're headed. And every time there's like some big announcement that looks like mom, I'm like, oh, this is it. We, we've got it. Um, but it's taking so long. And, and Google on Google got on Google got with YouTube the biggest video platform of the world. Yeah, they've got and a lot a, of a, a big a big source a big resource of of information about entities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, whatever, and mom is just another of these um, AI advancements that uh, every time, you know, Google makes an advancement in language, we see changes in, uh, in search results. Um, and so mm -hmm. am I correct in saying that uh, as Google moves more towards a semantic search engine, uh, that page rank becomes maybe less important? What do you think about that? It's a good, I think PageRank, it is a, all, always, at the moment, it is always and will be, I think, a big factor for or a big signal for EAT. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we talk about EAT, we, we talk about entities and semantic search. There's mm -hmm. a, a clear connection. I think PageRank will be also important in the future, but in the there will be other signals to 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 EAT and to evaluate an entity like an author or publisher that will perhaps put page rank and the go whole link thing backlink thing a bit to the side I think but I, I think it will be important also important also in the future yeah, I don't I think, think it will replace I don't think it will replace it. I don't, yeah, I don't think PageRank is going to go away. I, I guess what I'm getting at here is um, we go back to BERT. So BERT uh, was announced by Google in October of 2019. And uh, BERT was, again, an advancement in understanding language, mostly in understanding the searcher's query that like, all right, even though this keyword isn't in the query, this is what they're trying to find. Uh, and then they can match that with, with, uh, with content. Shortly, a couple weeks after BERT uh, was announced, there was like another unnamed update. It was November 8th of mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. And a lot mm -hmm. of the sites that uh, saw drops, because we analyze every week we look at, uh, we've got hundreds of uh, Google Analytics profiles that we look at. And a lot of the sites that dropped um, were ones that had used kind of like gray hat link building techniques, things like... Mm -hmm. um, recipe blogs where uh, I would say, oh, and here's five other recipes you might like. And really it's a link wheel that it's just an agreement between those five recipe bloggers that they they mm -hmm. link back and forth. Or mm -hmm. um, people getting lists from like top 10 roundup, uh, links from top 10 roundup lists and things like that, where they're not like, it's not black hat links, but they're really not mm -hmm. truly recommendations that, mm -hmm. um, because PageRank really is supposed to be in my mind, uh, Google's algorithm saying, well, all right, we see that the keywords or maybe the entities that we are looking for are on this page, and this page has been linked to lots, so it's probably trustworthy, uh, so these are probably relevant, whereas if Google could actually understand the content on that page, maybe they don't need to rely so much on the links, like you still mm -hmm. need some EAT, uh, you still need some proof that like, yeah, you know what you're talking about, um, but if Google can understand that, oh, wow, all the facts on this page are correct and there's maybe new information that uh, mm -hmm. on this entity, they can see that it's a valuable uh, page. Um, and so in my mind, links are still very, very important, especially from authoritative places. But some of the links that used to work to boost content up for rankings in the past are really not working so much. Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta, uh, you read it, uh, you shared it. Uh, I, I made an article, the first article I made on Search Engine Land about the signals to, to trigger EAT or to influence EAT, perhaps you remember. Um, they are mentioned uh, um, and a Google patent or research paper, I don't know exactly, uh, about the, the, um, the, the, the connection or relation to trust seed sites mm -hmm. yes. In, yes. The, yes. in the link graph. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are only getting links, don't bring you up in the rankings but when you get the right links from from other authoritative um 
domains in the link graph to that topic, then the link uh, is is very important still, I think. Mm -hmm. but not sense. every but not every link when you get every a link from an from an from a site who's not in the in the in a, in a kind of relevant set for a topic the link will not count i think that makes sense from an eat perspective like if i got a link to my seo website from a casino website even if it was a, a highly authoritative site it doesn't really speak to my EAT, you know, it doesn't yeah, say, yeah. But whereas if I get a link from search engine land or, or something like that, uh, you know, having an authority link out to my content um, and, and we're both relevant, that's, that's very powerful uh, yeah. to get that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, let's, um, I think we probably should finish. I think we, we probably <laughs> could talk forever, but I, why don't we finish by, do you have any practical tips for improving EAT? If, if I, if a website came to you, and said, uh, we haven't worked at all on EAT. Uh, what kind of recommendations would you give them? Yeah, I make some notes here because it could be a lot. I, I try to focus. And um, first of all, I think sufficient amount of topic relevant content on my own website. Mm -hmm. um, because when I got only one article to a topic on my website, it is not, I think it is not so good. There must be more on the website to a topic um, from a content site, I think. Makes sense because if you're an expert on that content, you would be talking about it on that topic. You'd be talking about it. Like when we have, um, we have a, a really good page on EAT, but then we also have, you know, probably 20 other blog posts that mention the, uh, the topic. Yeah. And yeah. link back to that hub, yeah, which yeah. we can do as a on purpose as a content hub. Uh, but it happens organically that if you're good at a subject uh, and talk on it a lot, then you're going to have um, a lot. It fits and 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 fits to the whole topical authority discussion here. It's a kind of topical authority when you have uh, a certain amount of of uh, topic relevant content on your site. I think. Mm -hmm. That's something I want to talk to Corey Goober about. He's got some really yeah. good uh, uh, articles on um, creating topic hubs and creating uh, uh, semantic authority, basically, on, on topics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the second point, make it easy for Google to properly classify your on-page content. Uh, for example, write in simple sentences because you have to write simple that's a natural language processing can understand your content better do you use Don't... the uh, nlp tool at all for uh, for that sometimes we'll put a uh, google's natural language processing tool Sometimes I'll put uh, a sentence. Yeah, in I sentence. use it. I use it sometimes, but but we don't implement it in the workflow yet uh, for in our agency at moment. Bye bye. I'm 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 experimenting with it, and and there are other tools uh, that are also uh, using the the uh, NLP RP from Google. I I you you tested one. Yeah, I shared yeah. and and uh, for the for for our chat on Twitter, you you tested it. Yeah. And this I've was also your. <laughs> this so is great. also this is also a, big, a great tool. I think I find the the NLP RP demo from Google a bit unhandy. I must say it is. Yeah. There are better tools to 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 use for to to play around with the natural language uh, processing RP. I think. I'll uh, I'll link in the summary to the uh, Diffbot tool. Um, I'll probably use, uh, you gave me a link that has your bio in it. Uh, yeah. it it's fantastic um, because uh, the tool can show you in a, in a graphical form that uh, that natural language processing can determine that, okay, Olaf is, the, uh, is associated with this company. And, you know, sometimes we can say very flowery words uh, yeah. that might yeah. make sense to another human, but not to a machine. Yeah. So the yeah. tool allows, exactly. yeah says, well, can AI, uh, can language processing actually extract the entities that we're trying to, to get found here? Google is still a machine and will be a machine. So, uh, and so we have to be careful with pronouns also. So uh, why you write instead of Olaf Kopp, he, 
Perhaps yes. you, you you can write he sometimes, but in the in the important sentences you have to write Olaf Kopp is Mary Haynes is or okay. not she or he is. So okay. it, is, it is better to under it is better to understand for for them for a machine uh, to extract the entity information there. Mm -hmm. Which is tricky. Um, we always say write yeah. for humans and not search engines, but I, I think there has yeah. to be a, a little bit of um, leeway there. <laughs> and I think we have to to write more on point, avoid gibberish, blah 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 content. So be more on point and 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 try to focus when you write, uh, and structure your content with logical paragraphs and subheadings and so on to make it for the user more readable but more understandable for the machine. Mm -hmm. And perhaps it could be useful to use uh, like a TF, TF-IDF analysis for for to 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 identify semantic uh, terms to use in your text to to yeah. uh, to get to make a big picture from it about the concept you write about. Um, and what I got here, I got so much a uh, long list here. Uh, TF-IDF. Pardon, pardon? In your workflow, do you use TF-IDF in your Yeah, yeah, yeah. Workflow? We okay, use yeah. it for several years, for, for six, five, six years we use it. Um, it was a big thing in, in Germany. A colleague was introducing it in 2012 on a conference and every tool, every German tool uh, company Uh, begin to implement an, an, an VDF or the WDF, IDF or TF IDF tool in it in in our in in features in the features. Can you more about what that is? About T like TF, ID TF IDF or mm -hmm. TF IDF is a is term frequency versus inverse document frequency. Mm -hmm. So you a term frequency it is like it. Like uh, keyword density 2.0, yeah, and IDF uh, inverse document frequency uh, reflects the length of the of the of the article, and uh, so it, it gets a relation of these two things. And you can you can uh, there you with this analysis analysis this difficult word um, <laughs> you can you can uh, extract semantic uh, relevant keywords to use or uh, also in the text. These this are not exactly the keywords you want to rank for, but the, that are keywords, um, they are semantically uh, near related to the, to the main topic gotcha. or to the main keyword. I feel like that's something I need to spend some more time on. I, I know there was some controversy over, um, and it, it sort of fit along the same lines as keyword density yeah. and, and the whole um, sh uh, shenanigans about- uh, Yeah, 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 but, but it is not keyword density. It is more complex. It is more complex and I think it is better, but I don't think uh, it is an, an analysis from the information retrieval from the classical, okay. uh, but I don't think you Google, use it exactly like this way but it is an inspiration for content creation mm -hmm. for the perspectives you can you can write over to to a main topic or a topic uh, what a, i think i don't can't uh, mention here every tip um yeah i think very important is um Create co-occurrences outside of your own website. I think yeah, this is yeah. this is I think this is very important beneath links that you create co-occurrences. Co-occurrences also in the search queries of the users and the doc and documents on, on other media. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can do here, you can give interviews, you can give lectures and on pro at professional uh, industry events you could give webinars like we do here as <laughs> a podcast <laughs> uh, you can uh, organize corporations with other companies who are in your way active in your industry do pr that creates appropriate uh, co-currencies co no pure image pr that's important because you have to put position you have to position your brand in a in a thematical uh, context mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That Google could uh, draw the line between or the draw the relation between your brand and the topic, right. and the keyword cluster belonging to the topic. Yeah. So you're trying uh, to establish all... that uh, it, our brand is not just talked about on our website. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and in other places, you would expect people to talk. Yeah, about yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do offline advertising that influences search patterns on Google? Wayfair mm. uh, used to do that. Home to home to go. A lot of uh, some companies, uh, smart companies, do it. We got um, um, a company in Germany. Uh, There's the head of inbound marketing. There's Dominic Schwarz, uh, very known and a good colleague colleague of mine there he he's very smart they did tv tv spots mm-hmm. and there was a search like google and and, and uh, yeah yeah that's a type in the spot some someone types uh, a query in the mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. what in is the it what is yeah. you know you know what i mean and so the people began to write these queries at Google uh, and and so send signals to Google that home to go what is a company uh, the name that home to go uh, that so they with this TV spot they triggered search queries like home to go uh, apartment Spain yes with the Wayfair example, one, yeah. I saw the same commercial for Wayfair and it, yeah. it was encouraging people to Google and it showed a, a Google search, uh, like something yeah. in the search, uh, yeah. Wayfair washing machines and yeah. it was yeah. different appliances. And so the idea was to connect uh, the brand Wayfair with yeah. washing machines. And yeah. I, I think it, it did very well for them. Yeah. Good idea. And all you do offline, it tri- will trigger something in the search engines because the people saw something offline and a lot of people will go to Google or other search engine and will type the keywords they 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 found related with the brand mm-hmm. or or they recognized in the spot or the advertisement uh, print advertisement or or something else they they will will go to Google and put it as a search query in it and so you you send signals to Google that you are an authority in this topic. Yes. Yes, because people, if people are Googling your brand, then you're recognized as a brand and that's a part of EAT. You have authority. And, and when you put it in context to a topic, it's, it's more better than you, then you have the, 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 the context brand, the thematical uh, topic brand constellation in the search queries. This is very, very exciting. And, and I think it is- Now, a, a, now will... we're going to trigger all these people trying to manipulate their- uh, uh, auto suggest and and uh, yeah yeah <laughs> there are a lot of services that you can do with it yeah <laughs> like the like the like the uh, click rate and so on yeah so yeah well another, and another I, topic <laughs> another topic for another day <laughs> this is probably a good place to uh, to to finish up for today this has been really really good I learned a lot um, before we go Olaf uh, if people want to contact you or hire you first of all can they do that and how how do they reach you? Um, higher, I we are not. I have to say, it, we are not. Um, we are not offering services for for outlandish markets. But when companies want to enter the German language market, like Germany or Austria or Switzerland, uh, they are welcome. Uh, but perhaps they, everyone can connect me over LinkedIn. Perhaps uh, Twitter. I think LinkedIn is the best way. Or yeah, I think LinkedIn is the best way. Connect with me with LinkedIn, then you see what I I'm publishing, I'm posting, and we could discuss a bit uh, over semantic SEO, SEO marketing, yeah, we, content marketing. We have yeah. been. I I just started being a bit more active on LinkedIn, uh, but Twitter is is uh, mostly where you'll find me. And uh, yeah, in yeah. Germany, in Germany, Twitter is not so big. No. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get back to Twitter. I, I have a Twitter account since 2009, but I t- I think last year I begin to engage more in Twitter. Before I only uh, published it over, over social media tools automatically. And uh, with the um, with my English articles and my my English publications or international publi- publications, I begin to to engage more in Twitter. Which is great because it is in Germany. In Germany, it is not so big. 
Really? I find it amazing that like yesterday when I had this question about me and the knowledge graph, I could tweet it and tag you and, and, you know, several other people all around the world. And within yeah. minutes, we're having a whole conversation with all these experts in the world about, uh, about Google's algorithms. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess LinkedIn does the same, but Twitter uh, just is amazing that uh, you can <laughs> connect with anybody, you know, if they're willing to, willing to have that connection. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anybody Great. wants to um, uh, reach out to me and to my team, uh, you can do that at help at mariehaines.com. Or I'm on Twitter all the time, Marie underscore Haynes. Um, we're uh, soon going to be doing something for our paid newsletter subscribers, uh, which is going to be kind of like office hours, uh, where you can come and, and do a hangout with uh, uh, with me. Something that's not going to be published. Um, and so, if you're a subscriber of newsletter, and we have a we have a premium service where you get a little bit more of my uh, insight and um, and things like that, then uh, that's something exciting that's coming up. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, off to do a bit more gardening today. We got this crazy tractor uh, that is, uh, I got to dig dirt. <laughs> my, my whole day is moving dirt, which is very um, meditative. It gets me not thinking about Google. <laughs> so thanks. Thanks again, Olaf. Uh, this has been really, really good. I will see you on Twitter and also LinkedIn. And to everyone who's uh, listening, I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Thank you. Thank you.